welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny. So um, today, this is going to be another one of those marine profiles. Um, we're going to be talking to Rhino. Um, he is a, a pretty close friend of mine I've known um, over the years. Um, so I'm just going to turn it right over to him. Kind of introduce yourself, tell us who you are, why you joined the Marine Corps, and uh, just kind of you know give us an idea of who you really are. Hey, so uh, I'm uh, Rhino. Uh, I joined the Marine Corps in... 2013, went into the debt program, July 5th of 2012, but um, at that time, I was also about 250 pounds, and I was playing college football, um, I, so I had to lose all the weight in order to get into the Marine Corps to drop down to the the weight of 204, I think it is, so yeah, I got in really good shape and was able to... Uh, ship out March 11th, 2013. Okay, how long did it take you to lose that weight? Honestly, it took me three months. Okay, and what did you, what did your, like, workout, your diet, like, what did it consist of? Uh, working out, it was probably about three miles twice a day. Uh, I stopped lifting because all the muscle uh, was just added weight, mm -hmm. even though I was still in good physical condition, yeah. uh, being a football player. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, running a lot and watching what I ate. Okay. So I had to drop about, like, 50 pounds. Yeah. Would you I, say the, the pool program helped you at all? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you were there. Um, I, I was. I, I ran into you a couple of times, and, you know, the mustache hasn't changed. No. And he was, uh, he was still yelling. I remember, uh, who, who are you yelling at? I think it was Bill or Richie. Do you okay. remember them? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the mustache is, is definitely a staple. A staple. <laughs> okay, so you joined the Marine Corps. Um, you go to – now, was there – I know you said you, play, you were playing college football. Um, was – what drew you to the Marine Corps? Was it the recruiter? Was it, like, something that you kind of had in the back of your head? So, it was, it was actually kind of like a, a do-it-you-want thing. All right, uh, now listen to me for a second. Um, my buddy Bill, he was like, "Why don't you, why don't you just join the Marine Corps? Like, screw college, screw everything else, just join the Marine Corps." I was like, "You know, I'm thinking about OCS. Like, I got into the University of Pittsburgh, and I was talking to to their OCS program, mm -hmm. and then I found out that like, oh, you have to do like two years or something like that before they really start helping you out financially." And I was like. Well, I really don't want to. I don't want to wait that long. You know what I mean. So I was like, "Oh, why not just enlist? If if I'm gonna do it, I might as well go big." Yeah. You know. So I always wanted to do something the best and push, or do something uh, that has the highest standards and and be the best that I could be. So that's that's why I ended up enlisting in the Marine Corps. Okay, awesome. And how did your family feel about that? Uh, my mom told me. My mom told me no. My dad told me join uh, join the Air Force uh, National Guard. Uh, he was like, it's not it's not worth it. What if you deploy? But in the meantime, like that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go over overseas and stuff like that, and and actually deploy. Mm -hmm. And I chose I chose O three eleven because uh, you know that's I wanted to do grunt stuff. I didn't want to be a mechanic or anything like that. Gotcha. I wanted to be infantry. 
Okay. So, and just bringing that up, man, um, that's something that I try to, when I was a recruiter, I used to tell parents all the time, like, people be like, oh, well, what if he goes to overseas or what if, whatever. And I'm like, well, first of all, if you join any branch of military at any capacity, there's always the ability for you to go deploy. So, my thing always was, well, wouldn't you want to be with the best, hardest trainer? Like, isn't that the, what you want for your child? Like, if you go buy your son the first car they have, do you buy the car that has no airbags and no fucking cars? <laughs> no, you don't fucking do that. You buy him the fucking good car, like a fucking Subaru or some shit, that has, like, the best rating ever. So uh-huh. why wouldn't you put him in the Marine Corps that has the best training, and it's been known, you know? So, um, okay, so you join the Marine Corps, you go to boot camp. Um, do you have any memories of boot camp that you kind of just, like, the boot camp stories everybody hears? Uh, the, the biggest memory that I have of boot camp is that there's this one uh, DI he sadly he passed away um, I'm not actually sure of the, the causes of that but he was just he was a kill hat he was crushing people one morning he just came in and uh, this kid started throwing up like what is it called down down the runway again oh the um, uh, it's been oh, so long man, man. You know what I'm talking Well, yeah. if, if you know what I'm talking uh, about. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I just can't think of it. Kids, kids started throw, throwing up uh, down it, and then he came over started yelling at him. He was like, pick it up with your hands, put it in your pocket, like this, this and that. And then he started throwing, the, dr- the drill instructor started throwing up. <laughs> so, like, then you have, like, all these recruits trying to clean it up, and it was it was absolute chaos in the beginning, but it was it was hilarious, like, I've that that was like my real first experience with stuff like that, but you know I thought it was hilarious because who who wouldn't think it's hilarious? Someone trying to put puke back in their pockets or you know yeah yeah yo. So do you have any other um, any other stories or anything that comes to mind when you think about boot camp? Uh, not really. I for me boot camp like I enjoyed it. It okay. was tell me a little bit about that because. What I kind of also want to understand, right, is just the, now you've been out of the Marine Corps for what, four years? Uh, since 2017. So about four yeah, years. Yeah, four years. So, um, so what would you say, talking about the boot camp experience, what would you say changed your life completely, like forever? Like, is there anything about it that kind of just like for the rest of your days, you've kind of just remembered and done type thing? Uh, so it's, it's kind of weird. For me, boot camp was just kind of like you had to get through it. That was it. And I like I didn't really get emotional when I got like my EGA or anything like that. It was like, you know, I'm I'm a Marine. Like I've, the the training, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like now let's let's get to work. You know, okay. um, celebration type stuff isn't isn't really my thing. Okay. Like, hey, you're you're a Marine. Congrats. But you know time to get to work okay all right nice man so you just kind of were like let's fucking go and just yeah. get this going okay. so, uh, i was super i was super moto at the time okay so, so what do you mean by that like, like you, you know you know how it gets like uh i wasn't wearing i wasn't wearing my boots to like toby's or anything <laughs> at, uh, on uh at soi you know like not not that type of deal but like i was a typical boot you know high and tight walking around freaking jacksonville uh, at SOI, uh, Camp Guy, it's Camp Geiger. Now, yeah, right? Camp Geiger. Yeah, it's been so long. Yeah. But um, I just really enjoyed the the dudes. Okay. I mean, 
you know what they say, like, I miss the clowns, not the circus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, that's definitely one of the biggest takeaways. Like, I still keep in contact with oh, really? with a lot of the guys that uh, that I serve with. Okay, awesome, man. And do you do you have any funny stories about, you know, just chilling with the boys and shit? Uh, you know, you know how it always is. Someone, uh, alcohol is uh, rampant in the Marine Corps. Yes, so, so, like, uh, SOI and stuff like that, people were, uh, had, like, handles of, like, Jack Daniels in their locker oh, and stuff like that. So, people were showing up from uh, Liberty all, hand, all, all messed up. So, that was, uh, you know, that was, that was pretty much it. But, you know, we got through SOI and then uh, we got to... We got to our unit shortly after. Okay. So what did that look like? You get to your unit? Like how did like have you deployed? Have you traveled? Any kind of adventures? So uh getting to the unit was definitely different. Um I've always been a big guy, uh lifting weights, working out and stuff like that. So I really didn't get the treatment that other uh new boots got, um, because I could handle my own and you know, I wasn't a dumb kid. I did what I was supposed to do. No questions asked. Um, so I was in a 2nd Battalion, 9th Marine, uh, Hell in a Helmet. Um, one of the first memories that I have is, like, walking on the catwalk. You know, uh, you got these guys who just came back from Marja. And uh, that was probably the last combat deployment for a while out of uh, North Carolina. Uh, I think the next one was one too, but you got the guys on the catwalk saying, oh, proper greeting of the day. Like, you know, are we allowed to curse on here? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, proper greeting of the day, bitch. Like all, yeah. all this stuff, like parade rest. I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so that was your, like, your kind of like first interaction what, with like what we would call like a salt dog. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it was assaulting. It was pretty much like, welcome to the fleet, bitch. Like yeah. all this stuff. So, um, you know, I didn't let it phase me. It, was, it, it is what it is. You know, you're the new guy. You're going to yeah. get treated like the new guy. Um, So I had, I actually, you, I think you've seen me post a couple of times uh, French. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think so, yeah. So there, one of my seniors, really good dude. Um, I still talk to him. One of my best friends, uh, Craig French. Uh he kind of like really took me under his wing. He saw that I always went to the gym. He saw that like I was always working out. Saw that I wasn't drinking. I didn't drink in the Marine Corps until I was 21. Why? Um, just wasn't my thing. I grew up in a household like where I didn't, I didn't drink. Like I didn't touch alcohol. I didn't do anything like that. Okay. And why? So you just kind of just kept those mortals and those and just kind of kept it. Like he didn't get into the same thing. He didn't, he didn't drink at all either. He was always about working out like um, really good dude. But he was he was kind of like the black sheep. You know what I mean? Like kind of he was very belligerent in a way, okay. like wouldn't do what seniors told him. I think he he did two combat tours. Um, so like the, the higher ups and, and the brass and stuff like that, they really liked him. Because he would he would put some common sense into them. Okay. You know what I mean? He like he'd be like, No, we're not we're not fucking doing that. That's stupid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh my first first time meeting him, he's like, Let's uh let's go to the pit, let's let's like wrestle 
Oh shit! Like let's ground fight. Okay. I was like, okay, like brand new kid. I was like, yeah, sure, let's go do it. Like, and I I wrestled in middle school. Like I've I grew up with a brother, so I was yeah. I was down for it. And uh, he put me in a guillotine. I got because I'm I'm used to wrestling. Like yeah, you yeah. put him on his back and all that stuff, and then uh, I had him on his back, and all of a sudden I felt like the air leaving my body because he put me in a guillotine, and I'm like, oh shit. Damn. But he, uh, that's like how our relationship really even started. Like, st- you know, being yeah, Marines, man. ground that's fighting. That's dope, man. Yeah. And um, so, have you been, you said earlier when we were just talking that you've been to Japan, yeah. um, to Oki. So, can you tell us a little bit about that, your experience? Uh, how long were you there? Oki, Oki's voice. <laughs> okay. You, why? You, you, you want my honest opinion? Yeah. So, the reason why I ask you, man, um, is because I'm a reservist. I've never had the ability to go to Oki. And I hear either what you just said, mm-hmm. or I hear people tell me it was the fucking best time of my life. I can't wait to go back. So, like, I personally don't know what the fuck, which one it is, because <laughs> everyone has a different story. But that's like anything in life. So, so what was your experience? Of so, still at this time, like, I didn't, I didn't really drink. Like all the all the barracks parties and stuff like that. Like all those kids like like to get into it. Um. It's funny you should say that because, like, we had a, hurry, a tsunami stand down or a oh, monsoon okay. stand down. So no one was supposed to drink in the barracks. Um, this kid, George, was drinking. He's underage. Uh, and French is his uh, fire team leader. Because oh, you get to Japan and what's going on? So uh, George is underage drinking. George is underage drinking. Uh, French comes over. He's like... Knock the sh- knock the shit off, and kids drunk, being an asshole. Uh, so me and French go to the kids' room. Wouldn't open up the door, break open the door, and then we 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 fuck the kid up because we're like, you're you're dis you're disrespecting us, and not only that, like you're you're just you're drinking underage. You could get in a lot more trouble than just an ass whooping. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So that's that's another thing that I kind of miss about like the old ways. I was actually just going to ask you about that. Like it's very different, you know, because like I remember just kind of going off of that. I remember um, I just joined the Marine Corps. I was PFC. And um, all of a sudden one day um, I was smoking a cigarette. Chow just finished up. We were in the maintenance bay and I just finished smoking a cigarette. And this chief warrant officer walks into the maintenance bay and um, he says – Hey, Bennett. I'm like, yes, sir. He goes, why do you smoke? And I just looked at him and I was like, I only smoke when I'm bored, sir. So then he looks at me and he goes, oh, so you're bored. And surrounding me are like three sergeants, three corporals. And I'm just at that moment, I'm like, fuck. I just probably said the worst thing I could have ever, the worst answer I could have ever given a chief warrant officer. Mm -hmm. So he walks away, he goes upstairs. And the next thing you know, my corporal, uh, me and him had a very long history. He chewed my ass out. I have, I have had literally in cacks. I had nightmares of waking up to him screaming at me, and he wasn't there. Um, it was that bad, man. Like he he says it all the time. He's like, bro, I had I should have been to the hospital with aneurysms because of you. Um, but so he cheat. So so the corporal comes over, and he's like, hey man, grab grab that push broom. Brings me outside, and he had me just push broom and sweep the whole entire motor pool for like the next four hours. And it was like 95 to hundred degrees outside <laughs> now. My, and, and also we were just literally, and it was, we were on the black tarmac 
So it was just like it was fucking ridiculous. It was probably like a hundred times. Yeah, dude. But he was just like, and he all he kept, and he just kept walking beside me, and he'd be like, "Bennett, are you still bored? Bennett, are you still bored?" And I would be like, "No, corporal." <laughs> and then the sergeant would come out, and he'd be like, "Bennett, I'm like yes, yes, sergeant." He'd be like, "Are you still bored?" And I'm like, "No, sergeant, I'm not bored." So yeah, definitely. Um, but that's the thing, man. Like. I don't know if those things still happen in the Marine Corps, you know, but people call it hazing. But the reality of it is, is that now a lot of the Marine Corps has just become paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. And unfortunately, people don't learn from paperwork a lot of times. They actually learned from, I don't, I don't want to say beatings, but like you learn from shit like that. Like, hey, man, let's take it to the fucking tree line. Hey, like those things are just gone now. And that's, that's a, to me, that's a huge problem. Okay. As you said, you don't. You don't learn anything from that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, are you? You have kids. Yeah. I mean, I I have a kid. I I discipline them how I see see fit. You know, you're not. They're not going to learn a lesson. You know, just by just by talking to them, they, yeah. you have to explain to them what they're doing wrong. Yeah. And then discipline them how you see fit. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely agree. Because um, even just like on recruiting duty, you know, I had a I had a recruiter who just wasn't getting it dude just couldn't figure it the fuck out you know fitfo and um for he had a lot of people ahead of him and in the, at first it was just hey we're gonna give you paperwork hey we're gonna yell at you type thing but that was it then all of a sudden one day this dude was just still not doing his shit talking back so one of my buddies comes out and he just fucking starts blasting him outside just fucking rips him apart fucking blasting him and the next thing you know this dude's bawling his eyes out crying and um the next day everything was different a complete 180 and i was even talking to the dude a couple of days ago and the dude straight out was like bro i needed that he was like i really fucking needed that and he's like it changed my entire opinion of everything and i've done so much better but now mind you the guy that chewed him out his Mm. wife was like, you don't know what people are going through. Maybe he has depression, da da da. And I'm like, I get that. But at the same time, like, if I try to be fucking nice to you for fucking nine months and you're not getting it, okay, well, now I got to go another route. And and even, first of all, nine months is way too fucking long. Yeah. But it, it's like you said, you know, everybody learns differently. And that's something that also that we got to learn. But, you know, I'm, I'm not promoting hazing, but I'm just saying that I think that the view of it has drastically changed and it's also a reason why the marine corps has drastically changed the the warfighter there i mean it's it used to be like a good old boys club you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the, the marine corps is literally founded in a bar yeah you know what i mean so it's um i just think that we really changed our traditions in a different way you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you if you talk to someone who was in in 2004, 2005 uh, combat deployments or or pretty much anyone, this this doesn't go strictly for uh, infantry Marines. Like it, it was probably different if if you were on Camp Lejeune or what is it, uh, 29 Palms or, mm-hmm. or or Pendleton. Yeah. Back in 2004, 2005, I guarantee you it was probably. 10 times different than it is right now. Yeah, of course. So, um, not saying it's a bad thing, but it definitely shifted away. And I feel like maybe leaders or uh, whoever's in charge of 
the higher ups are, are afraid to discipline them that way because they don't want the re- repercussions of losing their job, you know? Yeah. And then everything's in the media and, and things yeah. like that. And so I definitely understand that. Um, so going back to the Oki thing. Um, so you said that for you, you felt it was a waste of time. I'll, I'll put it this way as, as an infantry Marine, I picked up more cigarette butts doing police calls than I fired shots. You know what I mean? Like, even though I, we were there to train, yeah. train to train, um, we we barely did any training too. Like, we did the J uh, Jungle Warfare Training Center and stuff like that. But um, I wanted to do live fire ranges, and we, we didn't do any of that. Got you. Um, so here's a question that I didn't run by you earlier, so I hope you don't mind, but... Um, so I ha- I've had this conversation with a lot of people, and it actually just came up with a buddy of mine. Um, does it bother you at all? Um, I-, I had this conversation with Rassiopi. I-, I fuck with him all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, does it bother you at all that you were in the Marine Corps for, what, four years? Yep. Does it bother you at all that you were in the Marine Corps for four years, an infantryman, and didn't see combat, didn't deploy to Afghanistan or Iraq? Like, does it kind of bother you that, like, you joined the Marine Corps for that purpose and you didn't do that? Like, does that bother you at all? Well, this, this is a really good question. Yes, it does. And this this is rolls into why I went to D.C. to become a body bearer. Okay. All right. Let's go. Because uh, as soon as we we rolled up our, uh, we, what is it, flag, colors, whatever okay. it was, uh, for 2-9, uh, I, I went to two two, and then I found out that we were going back to Oki. I was like, "Fuck this! Why would I want to go back to Oki when I just got back from Oki? Didn't do anything, you know, waste yeah. of time. Yeah. Not, I'm not going going on a combat deployment. If I was going to Iraq, Afghanistan, anywhere in the Middle East, I would have stayed with two two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, the, the opportunity came up. My old gunny, he was like, my old gunny from 2-9, he was like, hey, look, like, body bears are looking for guys. Okay, you, what is body bears? Uh, body bears are the guys who perform funerals at Arlington National Cemetery and abroad. Okay. So the guys you see in uh, presidential funerals and stuff like that, you know how they do joint services. Those mm-hmm. are those are our guys okay. that do that. Okay. And then uh, we also perform funerals at Arlington. Okay. So Gunny comes to you and he's like, hey, they're looking for guys. He said, they're looking for guys. Like, let's go do, uh, what are your strength test numbers? Like, I was still a big dude. I was probably about like 245, 250, um, still lifting. I was like, you know, uh, 225 bench, I could easily get like 20. Uh, three, 315, 315 squat, like I could, I could easily get 20 on that. Uh, 115 barbell curl, 20. Uh, and then 135 overhead, behind behind the head overhead press, I could easily get 20 on that. So he's like, all right, like, we're, we're going to take your picture yeah, with the, the packets. Everything you just said, all of those numbers, those reps, those weights, was that what you needed to do to get into the program? That that was like a, a qualification. Like, if you could hit these numbers, like, okay. you, you get in. Okay, awesome. So, so he takes your picture. Uh, takes my pictures and my, and my chucks. And then... Uh, he he puts the packet through. Now now I'm in two two at this point. The first sergeant there, he's like, 
what do you what do you mean like you put in a packet to go to body barriers you just you just got here so he was trying to he was trying to immediately block me from getting over there i was like well technically i'm with two nine so i'm still with two nine until like the certain date um until uh i'm like actively here because i was checking in yeah, yeah at the time and uh He's like, okay, like we'll see about that. So we go, we go to the field, we go to Derna Bridge, we train, we do the op four for Marsock and stuff like that. Um, and then I come back and I find out that my orders went through. So this was probably about like two, three months into being in two two. And then the first sergeant's like, hey, look, like I don't want you to go, but there's nothing I could do because you you put it in with two nine. So I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, I'm out of here. I'll see you. Nice. I'll see you guys later." And two two had a lot of problems at the time. I don't know if you heard about their problems. No. They were nicknamed the drug lords. Two two oh. drug lords. Nope. Uh, they had like a meth lab in the barracks. Oh, and shit I like Yeah, that. I heard about that. I just so uh, yeah, I was I was kind of happy to get out of there because in order to prevent their marines from acting up, they would send us to the field on the weekends. Fuck that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I was happy to get out of there and then I went over to DC and that was, that was something else. The, tra- okay. the training for body bearers is absolutely ridiculous. If if you like a challenge and you want to push yourself, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw that video, I think you posted it and I actually followed the Instagram for the body bearers. Um, so I guess you guys like work out in like a garage or something. Yeah. It's, uh, the lower parking deck of eighth and I, the Marine Corps barracks at eighth and I. Okay. So it's, it's hot. You know, you're, 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 as soon as you get down there, you're already sweating. Cause it's, it's just like, it's a dark dungeon. Yeah. That's, that's what the best way to describe it. But you know, that's, that's where you're putting in work to. To train that way, you don't look like a, a buffoon or an idiot out in Arlington. Yeah, you know. So, how many hours a day would you say, like, a day, a week? Like, how? What's like the training reg- regiment look like? So we had to get there by five. I think it was five a.m. Uh, mop the barracks, uh, the second deck, uh, brass like all the all the knobs and stuff uh, when we get there, and then. Afterwards, like then we go down to training, I think around like seven and we, we call it drill. Uh, this is where we would pretty much work out. Um, it's like a CrossFit style workout until, uh, you can't do anymore. You know what I mean? Like, and if you can't do it, then you go to another exercise until, until like you're maxed out. Like it, it was it was really challenging. It, it definitely gassed me. Um, I definitely had a tough time. It took me nine months, I think, to uh, graduate ceremonial drill school. How long does it usually take, or is that a good time? Uh, it's. I think it's a decent time. It takes anywhere from six months to, to a year to graduate. God damn. So I was like, yeah, it, it. And and don't be fooled. You still have to run a first class PFT, and you still have to run a first class C- CFT as well. Okay. So at this time, I don't know if you remember me. I was like 290, almost 300 pounds. Yeah, I remember. I remember. So fucking huge. I had to get my. What are you now? I'm about like 244. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I ran 26, 26 minute three mile, and then I think I did like eighteen pull ups. And then, well, how the fuck do you do eighteen pull ups at three hundred? At three hundred pounds, believe me, you'll you'll learn real fast when you're uh, when you're going through ceremonial drill school. Uh it's eighteen pull ups, and then of course max out the the crunches. I mean, everyone yeah. max yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to get my first class PFT at like two ninety three hundred. Um, and then after I did that, like I graduated. Okay. Um, what did your diet look like? Just eat. Yeah. Yeah. It was anything and everything because we were probably burning around like 6,000 to 8,000 calories. Cause we, we would drill for about like two hours and then sometimes you'd go down for a second drill. Like in the afternoon after all the funerals were and over. And what do you do when you're not drilling? Like, do you have like classes? You learn things. Like, is there like a like did you learn history or like what is like what are you learning? Uh, so because it can't all be just drilling, I would assume. Well, and then then you would like go out and do funerals and stuff like that, oh. or then you would learn like different movements and stuff like that. But uh, you know, body bears is definitely. Uh, it, it definitely changed my life for the better. Okay. Um, what do you mean by that? Made me more disciplined, better, better attention to detail. Um, you know, little things you're, you're looking for the slightest, slightest movements because once you graduate, then you have to, you know, keep an eye on the new mm -hmm. ceremonial, ceremonial drill school students. Mm -hmm. So any any of their little things you you reported to uh, the ceremonial drill instructor and like you know they'll they'll take care of it how they see fit. So when you guys do the um, correct me if I'm wrong, this is me based off videos. Um, you guys take the casket all the way up to like shoulder height, right? Yeah. How did and how much is I don't know if you know this, but how much is like an average casket weigh? Uh, it depends on on the casket. On the body, uh, yeah. yeah. Um. Probably about like anywhere from 500 to... And how far are you guys carrying it? It depends on, on where it is. And so it's always tape. different. Yeah. There's so that's got to be fucking brutal. Like in the summer, in the different... When the winter... It, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, one time the caisson... The caisson is a, a horse-drawn carriage that, that has the the casket on it. Um, Made a wrong turn. So... One of my seniors, he actually lives. He lives in New Jersey too. Oh shit! Uh, this this guy Matt, um, he's like Caseon uh, Halt. Told him to stop, and we probably did, probably the length of like three football fields. We carried this casket, you know, not breathing through our mouths, strictly through our nose. No no facial expressions or anything like that. We carried it probably about like nine hundred yards, and. Uh, that's fucking still so still uh, performed it flawlessly and and you're marching correct like yeah you're not everyone's walking, you're everyone's marching. in sync yep that's fucking and now so is it like so is there you know how like when you when a platoon marches you have the platoon sergeant marching you guys is there somebody calling cadence or is it so like is it the first person uh, it's a senior man so it's gonna be the back right. Person. Okay, so he just calls the cadences. He as you calls, guys go calls cadences and calls uh, gives commands as well. Okay, yeah. and how did it like just bringing you back? Like, how did it feel knowing 
that you had the honor to lay somebody down like that? Like, it, was it ever like an overwhelming experience? It was, it's, it's very humbling because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it for the families. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's like, you, you don't really look around, but you hear it. You hear the families. You, you, uh, there was one guy who, who uh, committed suicide and his service dog was there. Oh, damn. So I'm not, I'm not even looking around. I'm, I'm, you know, straight ahead. You hear the dog in the back crying. You hear the family crying. And it's, it's definitely a different experience because you're, this is their last image of yeah. the Marine Corps. You know what I mean? And yeah, I just, I wanted the families to be proud of like what they've, what they've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the last image that they'll ever remember uh, their loved one being. And, you know, we, we want to perform flawless funerals. That way the family knows like, oh, that's crazy. This, this is what they were a part of. That's awesome, man. So the, the legacy of that's got to be pretty fucking dope. Um, have you ever read the book Legacy? I haven't. If you get a chance, I don't know if you're a reader. I'm not a reader, but it's a really good book. If they have it's an audio book. They do. I, I, <laughs> I listen to it on audio. Um, it's about the All Blacks, the rugby team. Okay. Um, and the, the reason why I kind of bring it up is like because you're talking about how like this image is the last image that this family has of their son or daughter, right? And and you guys have to uphold that. You have to uphold that legacy. Walking 900 yards, you guys couldn't fuck that up, right? Mm. So um, – and um, the reason why I bring that book up is because they talk about the All Blacks. They've never lost, from what I understand, is they've never lost a rugby match. Like, they're, like, undefeated, and they always have been. And in the book, they kind of just talk about why. And they pretty much just talk about sweeping the sheds and how no matter what, you always be able to sweep the sheds. Like you're saying, every morning you guys clean out the barracks, you guys mop the barracks. So you guys still did those little things that led to bigger things. Oh yeah, um, and at the end of the day, it also they just talk about how like um, they do the same chant at every game. There's not one game that goes that they don't do their chant. Um, so they just kind of kept that legacy going along. So how does it feel for you to have been a part of that? Like now looking back at it, like you know, I'm sure you're going to tell your son stories. You know, I'm sure you're going to look back at life and be like, bro, like I had a, a part in that. Uh. Looking back at it, like, I wish I could still do it. Like, I wish I was still there. You know what I mean? How long? So is it like, um, is it kind of like, I guess, recruiting duty where you only do like a stint and then you leave? Or can you do it for like a longer period of time? There's like, some guys who do it for like four years until they have to PCS. Okay. Um, Or you're not allowed to do it as a staff sergeant. I think it's E5 and below. Damn. Is there a reason why, or you don't know? I'm not too sure about that. It might it might be due to the fact that um, they want lower enlisted to do it. Yeah. I guess I I don't really remember if there's like a, a cause behind that. Maybe but uniformity. I don't know. It could could be, but um, yeah. It's, so how long did you do it? I did it for about two years. Okay. And yeah. how many funerals would you say? In this, like, I was number? I was very close to four hundred. Oh my god! Dude. Yeah. Do um, you? Does it affect you at all? I've, Positively and negatively. It doesn't really. I I can't really say that it affects me too much. Um, because I felt like I was doing a service to 
people's families. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not. I didn't. I didn't go to a combat zone and have someone very close to me die. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, it's. I would just say that it's very humbling. Yeah. It's being able to be a part of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, um. So my next question for you, kind of wrapping it up, like kind of the end of it, um, is you're now a in law enforcement. Yep. Um, I'm not going to say which type or anything like that. Um, but how would you say your Marine Corps experience and your body bearers experience, how did that help you become a law enforcement officer? And how does it help you? How did it help you through the academy? How does it help you just on every day out there on the street? I'll tell you what. Um, attention to detail is definitely a big thing with with law enforcement and going through a ceremony of drill school and just the Marine Corps in general, like little things that you look for on the streets and stuff like that. Like you might not think, you might not think twice about it, but Mm -hmm. you know, little thing like being able to identify the butt of a gun or like, um, being able to identify different drugs, like just based off of things that are in the, you know, just poking out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that and just kind of not losing your cool or just anything like that. Um, dealing, Uh, dealing with the public is definitely a big thing too. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say that like, did, did you being in the Marine Corps Mm -hmm. have any kind of influence on you becoming a law enforcement officer? What I mean by that is like. It was on your resume, clearly. Mm -hmm. Did that ever come up? Like, hey, man, we know you're a Marine. This is the reason why you're getting the job. Anything like that? Uh, It didn't help me out in that way. Because I didn't deploy to a combat zone, so I don't get veterans' preference um, for anything. Uh, That's being being an 11. That's the only thing I knew how to really do is, you know, certain certain tactics of, uh, like, room clearing and... uh, just being hands-on, okay. but uh, th- it did translate over to law enforcement, but the Marine Corps really didn't, I don't want to say that it helped me, but it definitely looked good on my resume. Okay. And did it help you like through the police academy and stuff like that? Oh yeah. The police academies were a joke. I went, yeah. through, went through two of them and uh, just being in the mindset of like, this is all a game, it's all going to end, you know, type deal. Yeah. Like after, after Marine Corps boot camp, I was like, Man, if I if I go through anything else, like it's it has no comparison to yeah. record. It's it's funny that you bring that up because I have a friend of mine, um, Jess, who she did a police academy. Um, I don't remember for who, but um, she was telling this story about how like they kept having everybody. They they all just got issued their gear. Yeah, and she had they all kept they kept telling everybody put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off, mm-hmm. and then eventually she just stopped. And it was like right when they had stopped telling everybody and she was the first one done because she just didn't put it on. And then immediately they were like, what the fuck are you doing? (laughs) And like, it was like to her, it was like, bro, this is a joke. I've been through Marine Corps boot camp. I've been in the Marine Corps for 12 years at the time. Like, this is just a fucking joke. Meanwhile, everybody else is, you know, college degrees and they're like, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. It's it's funny that you say that because everyone's, everyone's like freaking out. They're like, oh, we got to do it in this time. I was like, bro, watch. I was like, I was just, I was just like, sit back, just watch. Like, no matter what you do, they're going to tell you, tell you something, something else or, you know, do something else. Um, 
I've helped out my first police academy. I've I helped out this one one dude because he's like, I'm not used to this, like this and that. I was like, just chill out, you know, take it take it day by day, chow to chow. Yeah. So, was there any other Marines in your police academy in either of the two? Uh, the second one, there was a lot more Marines. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there there were a lot of good dudes. They knew how to play the game. Like we all very chill, not over the top, like trying to be controlling in any way. Like it's funny because all the Marines, they're like, whatever. Army guys are kind of like more gung ho, but uh, the the culture is definitely different. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then. Do you have anything else that you want to share with us before we kind of end this? Oh, uh, not not too much, man. That's not... okay. all right. Awesome. So realistically, man, the reason why I wanted to have you out here is just kind of get the you're the only person that I know that's been to the Body Bears. Um, so I thought that would be awesome to kind of talk about that and just kind of talk about that legacy that you were able to be a part of. Um, and also just, you know, be able to hear your story and just kind of just push it out there to other people that you know, we're kind of going through that same thing, you know, being in 0311, not deploying, but just doing your part in some other way. Yeah. Uh, the biggest thing I want to say is that uh, just don't quit. That's that's it. Just keep going. Uh, any challenge in, in your life, any academy that you're going through, uh, it's it's all going to end. Just keep going. There's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Some people may not see it, but one of my biggest uh, things that always keeps me going is just saying I'm I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy that you mentioned that. Um, and I'll leave it off here. I did an episode last night. Um, it just dropped it yesterday. And um, I did not know this, but my buddy who had passed away from cancer, um, before he died, he went blind. And I found out yesterday he was talking to his sister. And his sister said that he ended up getting his bachelor's degree while blind. He was in school while blind, oh, like take like going through the whole thing. And I was like, just talking about like you're you saying, like, just don't quit. Like the idea that somebody can live through that, live through cancer, live through being blind and continue to push himself, knowing that the ability that the potential of him dying was right there. And he still made it through college. He's still it's it's just crazy what the mind can do, man, and just mental toughness, period. Yeah. Um, but thanks for coming out, man, and I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, thank you. Appreciate it, man.